Welcome to Explore Expert Conversations, presented by Anywhere Real Estate, bringing our global network to your front door. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Explore Expert Conversations, brought to you by Anywhere Real Estate. Our show features discussions with leaders across the Realogy brands and our industry, with high-level advice for brokers, agents, and investors around the world. Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew Ferrara philosopher, speaker, and real estate industry expert. And today I'm chatting with the Chief Operating Officer and Broker Associate of Scenic Sotheby's International Realty, my friend Wes Madden. Our conversation will take a look at all things recruiting as well as retaining top talent to expand our reach and grow our businesses. It's an insightful conversation about one of the most important aspects of our brokerage business, and not just for owners, but for the amazing talent they attract and support. So thanks everyone for joining us this week. And once again, for Explore Expert Conversations brought to you by Anywhere Real Estate. Here's my friend, Wes Madden. Wes, thanks for being with us. You bet, Matthew. I really appreciate you taking the time to share not only your insights into recruiting and retention and building a great team, but just uh, because of your experience in this business, some of the stories and things that I know you have uh, been part of. So I want to start by helping our audience just get to know you a little bit and uh, get an understanding of your perspective on the issue of growing great talent and building a wonderful team. Tell us a little bit just about your background and what inspired you in the first place to get into real estate. Yeah, I was an Army Blackhawk pilot. I flew medevac missions. You know, I'd like to say I was a glorified ambulance driver. It really was a dream job. I got to fly around all all over Alaska, did a deployment in Afghanistan, got to go rescue people that were sick or hurt. And very rewarding, highly uh, technical, stressful job. And then it was time for me to retire and get out of the army. And then it's like, well, now what do you do? You know, so kind of like so many people say, I kind of fell into real estate. You know, I kept hearing about some of the not so great real estate experiences that my soldiers and fellow officers were having. And I said, geez, if I could just do a good job, I'm probably going to do okay. And Next thing I knew, you know, we were growing a big company up there and we ended up having a tremendous amount of success all based out of Alaska, believe it or not. That was my final duty station was Fort Wainwright, Alaska and Fairbanks. So that's why we just stayed there. And we, we weren't done with the Alaskan experience. So we just kept kept rolling. Right. I mean, that's a huge transition, obviously, from your experience in the Army to real estate. But I would assume that there are certain disciplines and things that you learned in the Army, certain ways of going about your day that have served you really well in your career. Yeah, there was, you know, following a checklist. I mean, simple things like, you know, I could start a Blackhawk with my eyes closed, you know, still probably to this day. But what do you do? You follow a checklist because the one time you miss a step, you mess something up and it has catastrophic results. You know, so that ingrained I always tell my agents, I'm like, I wasn't born systematic or, or following process. I mean, I had to learn that. That was a learned skill for me. And, and you could do it, too. If I can do it, you could do it. So that translating into real estate, the leadership training that we received in, in the military was second to none. The discipline, I think a lot of agents, I tell my agents, you know, we don't outsell our competition. We outdiscipline our competition. I mean, we need to be doing the things that you don't necessarily like to do, but you got to do them to keep the business going. And that's really what separates the uh, top agents from from lesser agents. That is big, right? We don't outsell them. We out discipline them. I think that's probably true, not only in business, but in successful lives as well. Let me go back here before uh, Sotheby's. Uh, you spearheaded your own brokerage, as you said, a Madden real estate, and it grew to a top 50 ranked team in the United States uh, in the 2010s to 2016 or so. 
you've got a lot of recognition, Wall Street Journal, Real Trends Magazine, others. You know, you've already mentioned that discipline was a big deal for you. But, you know, how did that experience prepare you now for your tenure at, uh, at Sotheby's International Realty? Yeah, great question. Uh, Alaska, as you can imagine, is a very difficult and austere market to sell real estate in, you know, which really kind of sharpened my skills as a broker, as an agent, as a leader. There were things we had to think about and, and overcome that maybe wasn't as big of an issue in the lower 48, as we like to call it, right? The rest of the country, you know, and up there, we really had to have a highly leveraged team model brokerage that basically kind of took all those things off the agent's plates that they're really not good at, the marketing, the admin stuff, and really kind of put them in a position to really take advantage of their innate talents being connecting with people and, and helping the sales process and kind of took a lot of that down here to include the recruiting piece. I mean, Alaska was a revolving door for talent. And I mean, every year I'd sit there and go, oh, geez, which three top agents are going to leave me this year because their husband or wife has a job transfer. You know, a lot of the Jobs in Alaska are, you know, military, oil and gas and mining. And it's a very, those are very transient industries. So I would have people leave not because of a poor work environment or anything like that. It was just, you know, my spouse or significant other is, is moving somewhere else and I got to go. So watching those people go out the door, I'm like, you know, I, I need to have a great onboarding. I got to attract top talent and have a really, really great onboarding process and training process that gets people ramped up that maybe don't have experience in the real estate industry. So... So by definition, the environment that you were in really meant that attracting talent, developing talent, and to the best of your ability, keeping it, you know, as as long as possible until these sort of irrevocable life moments occurred, that had to be as important of a fundamental skill, a core skill at your company, and for you as well as, as anything else. I mean, we hear a lot these days about you know, what makes effective brokerages, technology, compensation models, stock options, you know, people will come up with anything. And yet what you're kind of reminding us is that recruiting and building a great team and then keeping that team still remains one of the most consistent and effective strategies. You know, one of the things that concerns me, and I'd love for your take on sort of how important it remains to you today, now that you are down in Florida, you know, the research tells us that many brokers aren't really making recruiting and retention a central part of their day. In fact, the last NAR research that I've seen said that something well over half, 52% almost of brokers said that they were really not actively recruiting as part of their business growth strategy, which just seems like a formula for, for more problems. How do you, re, you know, react to that? How do you address the issue that for you, this has become the daily routine as part of the norm at your organization. And for others, they somehow still don't really have heard that message yet. I've been an athlete all my life. You know, you always wanted to, you know, it's like when you go out to the playground and you're picking your, your teams, you're always picking the best players. And, and I just always enjoyed surrounding myself with people that, you know, the, the best talent, the best cultural fits for whatever it is I'm doing. So I don't know that there's a single more important focus that brokers really should have because with the right people, anything's possible. And, you know, from a manager perspective, if I bring in, you know, folks that are leading without a title that I don't have to manage and I don't have to motivate, you know, it's self-serving, but it makes my job a heck of a lot easier. So just from a management perspective, I think attracting top talent is very important. But to your point, re-recruiting the people that you already have, I think 
often gets uh, overlooked. You know, our recruiting efforts, I think, are positioned so that we are constantly reselling the agents on the value that we provide as a company, that, you know, our culture, and, and then they, they see the benefit of that. So I want we will definitely get to re-recruiting and, and retaining, but I wanna I wanna stick here for just a moment because when I think about recruiting and I think about what you just said in terms of it being a core a fundamental part of a, of a leader's day, but also the benefit of doing it well, you know, is is obviously better productivity. It makes it easier to lead. It grows the company. But I think that, you know, recruiting takes training, recruiting takes skill, but it also takes sort of a passion to want to recruit, to reach out to people, to offer the opportunity for them to grow with you. And for managers or for brokers, it's kind of a lot like prospecting is for real estate agents and the same challenges are there as well. Sort of the mental block of, do I want to get up today and do I want to keep prospecting consistently? What do you do to keep your mindset you know, excited about that, to break through any mental blocks of, maybe I'll just skip a day, maybe I'll take a day off from this discipline? I think you need to, well, num- number one, you need to really enjoy the people that you're targeting and recruiting. Working with A-plus talent, you know, when, when you're around these people, it's enjoyable. You're on the same level. I think whoever's recruiting, you need to make sure that they've been in the trenches. This is just my opinion. I mean, I, I've been in the trenches at, at the top level in, in real estate sales, and I know those challenges. I know how encroaching this business can be. And so when I talk to another top producer that's kind of maybe going through that same cycle and they're in that same stage that I once was and I can help, you know, help them really navigate through some of those pain points. It's enjoyable. I, I mean, I, I love it. And I, I love implementers. I love culture enhancers. I love people that have pig headed discipline and are willing to just, you know, put their head down and move forward with executing on, on some of the things that we help them, some of the strategies and tools and, and, and processes that we help them with. You know, so I think it I think it really matters. I get excited at connecting with these people because they, they really are truly amazing people. So it's it's easy for me. Yeah, I, I think we can hear how yeah, how energized you get by having a chance to to have these conversations. Let me flip it on its head. Do you think that agents really like being contacted by you? Do you think that they are excited? They know what you're trying to do, obviously. But do you think that they're also very pleased when they see you on the other side of their phone or email? We take a little bit different approach. So instead of a shotgun method, we're very specific into who we target. So, I mean, I never have more than 15 agents on my hot list that I'm targeting out of a, I think our, I think we got 5,000 agents in our association. So out of 5,000 agents, I'm targeting 15. I never want an agent to go to the water cooler and go, hey, did you get that postcard from, you know, from Scenic Sotheby's? You know, I never want them to think that like everyone's getting it. I want it to be very exclusive and very pinpointed. And I think when you get that call and the, and the way our process works is we pepper them with some body blows, you know, direct mail and some emails that are very that we've kind of massaged over the last several years that are very good. And so by the time I call, they know why I'm calling kind of created like an invite only recruiting process. And because of that, if you get the call from me, even if you're not interested in making a move, you feel really good because I'm validating that, hey, we are interested in you. And sometimes that's enough to lay, you know, plant some seeds for a future recruit. You know, there's. Some recruits that have taken us many years to, to bring on, but because I am reaching out and, say, and letting them know like, hey, my agents in, in the company have said that I need to get to know you better and, and I'm watching what you're doing and they know I'm watching what, what they're doing because I'm sending them congratulatory, you know, handwritten note cards when they have a big sale and your current brokers maybe not congratulating them on, on their hard work. Mm. So, so I, I just want to clarify here because 
something you said is really struck me, very impactful. Want to make sure the listeners don't miss it. You're talking to 15 people or less at any given time in a marketplace of 5,000. That's how seriously you take recruiting. That's how seriously you take the the job and responsibility of adding what you would consider the, the right people to the cultural mix, to the performance mix, to the ability to represent your firm and the brand. I mean, 15 out of 5,000. I'm betting that a lot of listeners are thinking, how can they grow at that pace? But at the same time, your your mindset is different. It sounds to me it's more along the line of how can we grow well at that pace? Uh, am, I, am I following you correctly here? Yeah. So strategically, we don't want to be the biggest, just the best. You know, we want the most elite agents in the marketplace. And you know, there's, there's two things. Number one, we want great talent. Obviously, I could hire one hundred million dollar producer or I can hire 10, 10 million dollar producers. I'd much rather just hire that one one hundred million dollar producer. But from a respect perspective to our agents, you know, when I got down here, I mean, we've tripled the size of the company since I arrived here. And I had to sit down with the agents because when you start recruiting a bunch of people in, regardless of how great they are, you have you know the limiting belief that there's only a limited amount of resources. You bring in a, another agent that's less for me, you know that whole scarcity mentality thing get, comes in. So really look my agents in the eye and let them know that, but, that listen, I understand for every person we bring in here that it impacts this brand and impacts your business. And I and, and my promise to you is, I, you know, I won't recruit anybody in here that has not been vetted by our leadership council that you haven't referred to me. And I'll always make sure that I'm I'm looking after you know the company's interest. And and then you gotta you know practice what you preach. And so when they start seeing the validation, when they start seeing some of these great people that come in, they start trusting you. And then they want to help in the peer recruiting because, you know, when we have more of our signs out there, when we when we start, you know, accumulating more market share in some of these niche markets, uh, because we're bringing in great people and the collaboration starts growing because you're bringing in collaborative team members. I've said no to a lot of people that have a ton of production. I mean, production is just one attribute in the six that we look for. You know, I've said no because, you know, they're starring their own movie and they're it's all about them. Hey, what can you do for me? And it's like at, that, you know, it's probably not the right fit. So really want to make sure we bring in people that enhance our culture, not just benefit from it. So you have a specific criteria. You've got these these six criteria that you're looking for. Certainly production is one of them. Can you share a couple of others with us? Ethics, obviously non, non-negotiable. Technical expertise, you know, are they, are they technically great agents? You know, do they write solid contracts? Another one maybe would be balanced. You know, are they balanced in their personal life? Are they balanced in their business? Some agents will have all their clients, you know, or all their business is coming from maybe one or two clients. You know, I want to see that they have a robust business and that there's more than just top line sales there. We like to position ourselves in the market as the place where everyone comes to. What do I say? I always say um, this is uh, welcome to the last first day in your real estate career because you're going to retire here. You know, we don't have a lot of loss, really. We don't have people that leave our company to go somewhere else, which really to loop it all back to beginning. I mean, I can't sell something I don't believe in. I've just always been, I, I want to believe in it heart and soul that whatever it is that I'm pitching. And so I didn't actually, when I first got down here as the COO, I was tasked with taking this company to the next level. And one of the things that we need to do was improve our operations. So we overhauled the entire company, created a marketing, a dedicated marketing department, created a, a dedicated operations department, and really kind of laid the groundwork. And then I felt comfortable going out and pitching to these top agents because they'd see right through me if I was faking it till I made it. So we, we made it. And then we went out and recruited to it. And I believe in it wholeheartedly because it's what I would want if I were in their shoes. So that just makes it authentic. The conversations are great and the clients are being the the agency value. 
So I think that's a, a great point. Like you have to deeply believe in your value proposition. You have to obviously be excited to to share it with others. And you just mentioned something because we often think about what do agents really want? What are agents saying that they want from uh, from their brokers? And it's as much uh, the sense of confidence and excitement about the whole platform that you're offering them as it is any particular one factor, whether it's a system, a tool, a compensation model or something like that. What are some of the things agents are telling you as you're having conversations that really matter to them today in the modern market? Not just the things we've heard year after year. What's what's maybe even new or surprising that they're telling you matters more than ever? Uh, certainly in the market that we're in right now, which is extremely low inventory, you know, a lot of these agents are over in some of these other brokerages where they don't have that collaborative culture. They're not meeting weekly as a, an entire company at a sales meeting and sharing new listings. That's really hitting them in the pocketbook right now in that they've got buyers, but they don't have product. And because their company, their current company doesn't share a lot of the, the listings that are coming soon, they're not putting deals together and they're having a hard time really kind of serving their clients and they're working harder than they need to. And so that is certainly one that has cropped up that has been a, a, a huge value proposition for us uh, because we do get together. I mean, I've got 85% of my company that still gets together every single week at our sales meeting and, and we keep it to an hour and it's it's highly structured and we, we get the information out. And we put deals together every single sales meeting and no other brokerage in our market does that consistently. So that's certainly been one. I mean, it sounds simple. It's it's simple in concept. It's difficult to execute at, at a traditional brokerage level, as you can imagine, but but it works really well. Right. It's simple in concept, diff difficult to execute, but powerful, right? When, when it happens, when, when you do it consistently. L let's talk technique for a couple of minutes here. Let's, I'm going to ask you both about recruiting and then, you know, flip it over to retention. But w what really works? What are the strategies that get top talent to look up, pay attention, be willing to have a call, a meeting, consider the, um, proposition and make a positive decision. What is the most effective strategies that you have been able to consistently implement? If you're looking for an overarching answer, I would say that we, I'm looking to partner with agents in their business. And I think that's the distinct difference. I mean, I think everyone else, you have a broker in, in our market, a lot of our brokers are also selling. So their competition, the marketplace, I don't sell that's by design. I'm here to help grow their business. And I think when you I have the unique opportunity to be able to live vicariously through each one of their businesses and, and help actually legitimately improve their lives and their family situation. So I take that very serious. And I think that kind of overarches into everything that we do in, in that I'm not chasing you down to just be another roster number. I mean, we're doing well as a brokerage without adding anybody. But, you know, when I when I come, it's 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 do you add to the collective culture? Are you going to be en enjoyable to work with? Are you at that point in your business where I can roll my sleeves up and get involved in your business and help take you to the next level and have you actually implement some of these things to, you know, or are you so hard headed? You, you think you got it all figured out? And that's kind of the, the folks that we're looking at. So hungry, humble and smart people that are looking to take their business to the next level. You're my you're my type of agent. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously this partnership model is great for attracting them, getting them to make a decision, bringing them on board. Does it also contribute to the ability, as you said, many people just don't leave there. This is the last place that they come to and then they basically build the rest of their career there and, and stay. Is this also part of that retention formula for you as well? 
Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, you know, if you want to ask why do people stay, you know, what's the best retention strategy? There's a lot of them, but most importantly, you must grow their business. If they come on board and they grow their business, which, you know, year in, year out since we've been here, I mean, we're showing them. And and again, you got to show them how much they're growing their business, right? If I don't tell you, they're probably not, they're probably not keeping track of it. So we keep track of it for them and we show them, hey, this is how much, this is the growth that you've experienced here. And this is why. They see it and you help them with time management you know, by, by providing them leverage in their business. Most agents have the same pain points. You know, I mean, I, I go through a line of questioning, asking them, if you wave a magic wand, what, you know, you could solve for anything in your business, what would it be? And it's usually past client follow-up or admin or marketing. It's some, something like that. Well, we've got a solution for all those things because we think like the agent. We design the system around solving for those pain points for the agent and they just naturally see value in it. So I think don't get so big to where you're not entrepreneurial either. So when your current agents, when they relay to you that there is maybe some challenges that they're seeing either in the marketplace or in our current systems, you fix, you jump on it and you attack it and you fix it very quickly. And you show them that like, hey, we got a solution for that. Or you're constantly staying ahead of the market with any dynamics that, that pop up that are, you know, that are going to throw a wrench into, into our business, you know, just, and, and that, that's what they appreciate. And that's that leadership piece that, you know, that keeps, uh, keeps our agents here for the long haul. So growing people is who you want to attract, but then growing those people is how you keep them, right? It seems to me basically to be two sides of, of the same coin, which is, is so powerful here. Let's talk about one of the most valuable assets that an organization has, their reputation and also their brand. How does your brand factor into your, your recruiting, right? You're part of a globally recognized brand and it must bring something to the table in these conversations. Are recruits responding? Do they recognize the benefits of the, the brand component that you're able to extend to them? Yeah, certainly, you know, especially with uh, local or, or boutique brokerages, we go through market stats with the agents all the time. We show how like a lot of the boutique brokerages that maybe don't have a national or global connection, they're losing market share while we are gaining market share. So that becomes obvious. We also explained to them that, you know, a fifth of our business comes from referrals. Our referral network is real. It impacts our agent's business significantly. We manage that really well. We, we teach them how to network without, you know, Sotheby's International Realty does a great job and the affiliates within the brand do, do a great job at hosting uh, networking, you know, regional networking events that we get our agents to go out to and they form these connections and I mean, what's great is, is we've established a reputation in our marketplace, not just within the Sotheby's brand, but we get referrals from all different franchises down here because they know that our agents are going to handle their referrals really well. So I had an agent one time, she came in, she was working for one of the local boutique brokerages. And she said, uh, you know, I was on vacation. I was in Costa Rica, sitting around a table. I'm having dinner with a bunch of friends and they're all, everyone's talking about what they do for a living. And, you know, this guy's head of international sales for some company. This guy's, you know, works in in England doing something, you know, and they just kind of went around. Everyone's really impressive. And it came to me and I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm a real estate agent at a local firm, boutique firm in, the, in northwest Florida. And, and so she was really excited about the global connection. Well, her daughter, ironically enough, was going to school at Oxford and uh, she was in London taking her daughter over there. And she said, hey, would it, would it be too much to ask for me to maybe stop in at the, uh, the local Sotheby's International Realty office? So I said, yeah, sure. Let me line something up. I'll give you a call. Didn't know these people, but I reached out. They had a whole welcome you know, set up for her. She, she went there she, to meet the broker, the, the sales manager. The, everyone was just so gracious. 
she left and took a selfie pointing up at the sign and posted on Facebook. I said, she's coming over now. So that really resonated with her. Mm, I love that story. <laughs> oh, it's so powerful. Yeah, they just welcomed her with open arms. And that's really the family, the family atmosphere that is that is really shared amongst all the affiliates, which we we certainly value. Powerful. Very, very powerful. Let's talk about onboarding then. So, you know, you've started building these relationships with people over a long time. They make a decision. They're ready to go. It's uh, clearly important to have a, a smooth, efficient process to bring them into your company and not interrupt their growth, not interrupt their ability to sell and immediately start delivering on on promises that you're making. What works in your onboarding process? What has really stood out uh, as an effective component of bringing people in and keeping them growing? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And I think it's... Um you know, aside from recruiting being probably one of the most important things that brokers need to focus on, you know, the onboarding and train up process in their first 90 days is just as critical because if you bring someone over and it's a mess and we've all had that, if you've been in real estate for a while, you've, you've probably endured that either as a leader or as an agent yourself. I think making sure that you have thought of, you know, I like to tell the agents, I'm like, listen, I'm not saying we've thought of everything on your onboarding process, but pretty much. And so that means we got to sit down and, you know, you just start first with making a list. You know, what are all the things that we need to handle? What are the things that we can do administratively to take care of to where we make it so simple for that agent to transfer the business over? And really, we call it a relaunch of their business. So we take their databases, we, we migrate their databases, we clean up their databases, we get them prepped for a, a, a true business relaunch. And it takes some work. But if you're recruiting the right people, the, the work is worth it. And I, I think you got to look at it and say, you just need to double down and have the staff really focused on why this is so important. You know, our agents is, uh, is the staff's first client. So we got to make sure that we give them the Satan white glove service that we're expecting our agents to be giving our clients out in the field. And so when they come in, the last thing I want is for someone to be in here 90 days and not know how to print something out on the printer. You know, so we need to handle all that stuff. And, and then also, I think what's critical is to have a very experienced staff member. I have Will Mayberry, my director of operations. He's been with the company 16 years. He's been involved with all the evolution of this company. He is the shepherd, really, for these agents in their first 90 to 120 days as they come over. The other thing, too, is you make it important. So it's a key performance indicator tracking the onboarding process of every single person that comes into this company. We want to make sure we got a duplicatable process so that you know nobody comes in here and goes, well, they never told me that when I was when I was onboarding. Create a video library. A simple thing you can do is create a video library of all the trainings that they need to know and, and short, keep it short and sweet. Upload it to a hosting service like YouTube. I show them like there's a little gear icon. You can put it on time and a half. If you think you don't have time, just speed up the, the videos. Don't really care. But, uh, but you need to have some evergreen training to where self-starters, motivated A-plus producers, they'll dig into that stuff, learn it, get in, get out, and and they're off and and, and going. So So I I really love some of the things that you just shared. First of all, the concept of having a shepherd, right? Having someone who's going to be there as you go through this process. We know that it's it's got some potential challenges along the way, but you're not doing it by yourself and then delivering on that at a white glove level. And then some cool ideas to use technology there, just having things recorded, making sure they're available for people when, when they need it on demand through that process. Let me ask you one more question to sort of our exit question here in our conversation, because I could talk to you for a long time about this, and I'm sure you have so many things you could continue to share. But I want to talk about 
sort of after now. We've we've recruited them, we've brought them in. You put a huge amount of effort into mentoring people. You have a great dedication towards making sure that they grow, not only to improve their production, but as a way of fostering community and even maybe re-recruiting them on, a, on an ongoing basis. Just tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about mentoring your people and why it fits into this process of recruiting retention and growth. It's not seen as just something over there in the training and development aspect of your business. Great question. I think that really embracing the responsibility of being a servant leader. You know, I tell people in the army, I used to check my soldiers feet. Okay. So, I mean, there's nothing that is too beneath me. And, and I think really you know, getting your your staff, your other managers, if you have additional managers, brokers within your command structure, getting them to buy into truly being a servant leader. The results are those agents. I mean, they, they feel it. They see it. I mean, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, and they want to see that. And, and really, the, for us, we, you know, we started five years ago growing the company to where we are now. You know, we kind of put it at 75 agents was where we wanted to be. 75 agents of the best agents in the, in the marketplace. And, and that was a number whereby, you know, if I'm the sole sales manager, COO, managing broker, I can look at my phone. I know all my people, when they call and they need a broker question, I know who they are. I know who their spouse is. I know their kids. I know where they go to school. I know what their dreams, I, you know, that's a good size. You get any bigger than 50, 75 agents, you know, you probably need another manager, but making sure that, that the manager to agent ratio is enough to where you form these intimate relationships if you're going through the business planning process and you're doing career visioning with them along with the business planning, because at the end of the day, just throwing some numbers up on a board is not a business plan. That's not a, that's not a sales goal. You need, to, you need to have some jet fuel behind that. Like, why are you doing this? Where do you want to go? What do you want to have? You know, really tapping into people's deeper sense of purpose, really, for why we're doing this. Because at some point in time, just selling houses and and talking on the phone a lot to buyers and sellers it's not enough and you need to have that and i think if you could help them attach their business to that higher level of purpose you know you're going to find that people are going to they're going to follow you they're going to follow your lead a heck of a lot more i i love how you see the mentoring really as beyond just the production units really helping these people grow into more of who they want to be and to have you know great lives as, as as well as great careers and certainly the relationship with you is not only personally valuable but it it does pay off in terms of of them you know staying at the organization and making it their their place to be to the future wes i wish we had a whole lot more time to talk even further about this but we we have run out of time for today. I want to thank you, Wes Madden from Scenic Sotheby's International Realty for sharing your insights, your stories with our audience today and just being part of our show. My pleasure, Matthew. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who has listened into this program and do look out for our next episode if you've enjoyed the show. Hopefully you've already subscribed by now, but if not, do subscribe. Give us a review, leave us a rating, if you will, and uh, let us know what you think and what else we might want to talk about on the program. And with that, I'm Matthew Ferrara, and this has been another episode of Explore Expert Conversations from Anywhere Real Estate. We'll see you next time.